Thank you, Ron. That was neat to hear, and I appreciate all of you being here this morning. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, but you get to listen to me again. So, anyway, I hope it still is a blessing to you. Our sermon today is called Hope Does Not Disappoint. Now, I'm not talking about any kind of hope. I'm talking about a hope that God gives. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Let, let, let's just read this for a minute. By faith, we, by faith we have been acceptable to God, and now because of our Lord Jesus Christ, we live at peace with God. Christ has also introduced us to God's undeserved kindness on which we take our stand. So we are happy as we look forward to sharing the glory of God. But that's not all. We gladly suffer because we know that suffering helps us to endure. So we gladly suffer. Yay. I love suffering. Yay. I love suffering. That's what it says. Because we know that suffering helps us to endure. And endurance builds character, which gives us a hope that will never disappoint us. There's the issue today. All of this happens because God has given us the Holy Spirit who fills our hearts with his love. Let's look to God in prayer again, please. Thank you, dear God, for being here this morning. Thank for each one being here today. Thank you, God, that we have your word to learn from and, and to uh, have an attitude of this life, what needs to happen, what ought to be, and God, we can have a hope that does not disappoint. Thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hope, how do you define that? Well, there are many definitions. We even asked you that this morning in, in our classes. But here's one I, I, I particularly like. A happy anticipation of good. A happy anticipation of good. Well, where does it come from? Well, let me read some scriptures to you about that. Romans 15, 13. I pray that God who gives hope will bless you with complete happiness and peace because of your faith. And may the power of the Holy Spirit fill you with hope. That's where it comes from. God's Spirit. What does it do? What does this hope do? This hope is like a firm, steady anchor, Hebrews 6.19 says, for our souls. I like that. A firm, steady anchor. This hope makes us, in John, 1 John 3, 3, this hope makes us keep ourselves holy just as Christ is holy. So, in reality, what does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means, that when we stumble, which I often do, we all do, it's not a thing of great fear comes upon us, but it's because I feel bad because I don't want to bring shame and hurt on him. 
Hope that does not disappoint or confound. Proverbs 13, 12. Hope put off is weariness to the heart. But when what is desired comes, it is a tree of life. This is the hope that will come to pass. This hope will not disappoint or make us doubt. Now, I've described it and I've talked about it. Now, how are you going to get that? All of us need a hope of some kind. Some of it's of this world, but I'm talking this morning about the hope that's in heaven. How do we get a hold of this thing called hope? Number one, we need raw material. Okay. We're going to build a doghouse. Ever build a doghouse? You have to start with raw material, wood and nails, whatever. Uh, to mold a piece of pottery, what do you start with? A gluey, slick uh, glob of clay, and you form that. What do you do to have a lush lawn in your front yard? Well, you start with raw material, dirt, seed, and water. Well, it doesn't work very good for me, but anyway. <laughs> to restore a car, what do you do? You start, start with raw material, an old rusty car body. To make a trained athlete, you start with raw material, a person out of shape and un- uncoordinated like I am. But to make a trained athlete, that's what you start with. Now, hear this. God takes you, he takes me. The rough, self-centered, uncaring, unconverted heart and molds us to be a submitted, self-sacrificing, people-loving servants. That's what hope does. Well, how long does it take? Now, I'm still self-centered. I'm still kind of rough on the edges. and I, Sometimes uh, I'm uncaring. Now, how long does it take? Well, my answer is this. It takes an entire life. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, We never give up. Our bodies are gradually dying, are growing more feeble, but we ourselves are being made stronger each and every day. The name of Jacob. He was sent as part of the Jimmy Doolittle's Raiders on Japan, April 18, 1942. He was an atheist. During the air attack, his plane was hit by enemy anti-aircraft bullets is forced to bail out. He was captured and imprisoned. He saw two of his companions shot by a firing squad and saw another one die of slow starvation. During the long months of imprisonment, he thought about why? Why was it that he hated the Japanese? And why did they hate him? And then he began to recall what he had heard about Christianity. Boldly, <laughs> I like this. He asked for a Bible. A Bible? They made fun of him, but he insisted. A year and a half later, May 1944, a guard brought him a Bible and said, Three weeks you have, and then I take away. His life changed. 
And when he was released and returned home in 1948, he and his wife and a newborn were on their way back to Japan as missionaries. Now your life story, my life story may not be as dramatic as this one, but surely as you're sitting here today, if you've been born again the Bible way, there is and will continue to be a change. You're not changing. Something's wrong. Raw material. To be molded and shaped into a Christ-like servant. Or we can say, well, I kind of like, like what I am. And not do anything about this message today. Are you letting God mold you or make you? Let the Holy Spirit working in you? You could be saying, no, I don't want that. You could be saying, I'm not going to dedicate myself to God. I'm good enough. God gives us hope. That's what we're talking about here today. The raw material and what he molds us into. Number two. We exalt in tribulation. You remember that I read a little bit ago? We joy in trials. We are happy in trials. Now let's be honest about this. When your wash machine breaks down and you've got a load of wash, load of wash in there and it won't empty, it won't run. Yay, I'm so happy. I like that commercial. It's on, on the, it's for Geico, is it? Oh, the director. Yeah, yeah. He's walking and he runs flat into this glass door. And the lady gets up and Bob's stuck with Donald. Oh. And the guy opens a can of pot in the car and it sprays all over. And he laughs. No, you know that's not real. Is it? No, it's not. But God tells us here that we need to enjoy. <laughs> I have to admit to you, I have to work on that one a bunch. Not that tribulation is enjoyable and it says it that way, but that what it will do to me in the end. Now, Hebrews 12, we read this this morning earlier. Hebrews 12, 7 through 11. Let me read it to you. Be patient when you are being corrected. Do you hear what he said? Be patient. Okay, God, spank me again. Is that what you say? <laughs> I don't. This is how God treats his children. Don't all parents correct their children? God corrects all of his children. And if he doesn't correct you, then you don't belong to him. Friend, listen to me. That's what that says. If you and I are not being in tribulation, if we are not being spanked, we're not one of his children. That's what that says. Our earthly fathers correct us and we still respect them. Isn't it even better to be given true life by letting our spiritual father correct us? 
Our human fathers correct us for a short time as they, and they do it what they think is best. But God corrects us for our own good because he wants us to be holy as he is. It is never fun to be corrected. <clears throat> In fact, at the time, it almost is always painful. But if we learn to obey by being corrected, we will do right and live at peace. I have to tell you, friend, it hurts to get spanked. Do any of you remember your last spanking? Some of you, yeah. You want me to tell you about mine? My mom was a single mom, two of us kids, and she spanked us with a hairbrush. She did. <laughs> no, I should not that way. <laughs> she did. I did something. I don't even remember what it was. But she started spanking me, and it broke. And I laughed. <laughs> oh, shame on me. I don't know what happened after that. I just remember the, the brush breaking. Anyway, recite the point. It hurts when we are spanked. We ask, why? God, what have I done? Or, better yet... What's wrong now? You ever feel that way? Okay, God, why don't you leave me alone for a little bit? I, I, but he keeps on. And guess what? My attitude sometimes, well, what's wrong now? Let me read this verse to you. I don't think it's on the board or on the screen. St. Timothy 3.12 says it this way. Those who want to live right will have trouble from others. No, Frank, if you're going to be a Christian, you claim, name, claim the name of Christ, you and I will have trouble with others. From others, I should say. Let me put this down to where we live. Christianity is not for cowards. Christianity is not for wimps. Our Lord is saying, wake up, I'm teaching you something. And we better appreciate it. If you're looking for an easy life, forget it. Becoming a Christian. It's a fight. It's a struggle. But it's well worth it. St. Corinthians 4.17 These little troubles are getting us ready for an eternal glory that will make all our troubles seem like nothing. Guys, uh, how long did it take you to win over your wife to you? How long did it take her, you, to let her say yes to you? Can I tell you my story? Four years. My wife's the oldest of the family, the first daughter. And the second one was married three months, three months later. But anyway, I broke the ice. I need to tell you that one summer, 
And they made us break up. Our parents. And I, I couldn't, couldn't see her. In fact, they sent her away. They put her in a car, her and her sister, and they drove all over the country the whole summer doing Bible schools. I didn't see her. No, we didn't have cell phones. <laughs> and, uh, well, man. Anyway, it was a struggle. Four years of it. But you know, now, that's about all I can remember of it. That struggle back then. And we've been together 46 years. And it seems like nothing. Well, let me back to 2 Corinthians 4.17. These little troubles are getting us ready for an eternal glory that will make our, all our troubles seem like nothing. You know what? When God disciplines us, sometimes it's like taking medicine. Yuck. We had some stuff here a while back. Well, to help you lose weight. Robin and I took this. I know, I know Robin did. It's this ugly drink stuff. You mix it up in the drink. Remember what that was, Robin? It stomp. And, and, and it's supposed to help you lose weight. So. Oh, it was gross stuff. I don't even remember. It didn't last very long, obviously. But anyway, I still got to... Yeah, I didn't lose any weight, but anyway. It's like taking a medicine. Now, hear me now. Now, back to the spiritual part of this. Where does it come from? Where does our spankings come from? It may be through other Christians and the church. It may be through our own relatives. You know what? It may even be from our own wives, our own husbands, that these spankings come from. But we need to exult in tribulation or spankings, have joy in our troubles. That's what it says. Number three, perseverance. What is perseverance? The capacity for enduring. Okay, here we go. This guy by the name of Leo Fortier at Three Rivers, Quebec, rang the church bell every Sunday for 52 years. Think about that. Every Sunday for 52 years. I didn't stop to multiply that out, but that's a lot of time. You know what I say about that? What a stupid thing to do. But you know what? I wonder if you ever felt like pulling... I wonder if you always felt like pulling the rope. I wonder if the rope was always in perfect condition. I wonder if others griped and complained because they were trying to sleep in but when he rang the bell on Sunday morning. I wonder if everybody paid attention for every Sunday for 52 years. I wonder how many Sundays only a few came to church. How discouraging that must have been, but he kept on ringing the bell. Perseverance is when the thing committed is done, when it's easy, and when it's hard. 
No matter how many are, are with you or if nobody is, whether it's popular or not, even if it seems fruitful or not, it is perseverance. We persevere with it. Romans 2, 7. Very important verse. Look at this. Romans 2, 7. He will give eternal life to everyone who patiently done what is good in the hope of receiving glory, honor, and life that lasts forever. Perseverance, there it is. What kind of reward do they get? Well, we can get eternal life if we patiently do the right thing. King James Version says, patient continuance. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Dear friends, stand firm and don't be shaken. Always keep busy working for the Lord. You know that everything you do for Him is worthwhile. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us keep the witness of our hope strong and unshaking. For He is true who has given us His word. We must hold tightly to the hope. Triumph is just umph added to try. Luke 9, 62. And Jesus said, no man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is good enough for the kingdom of God. Friend, once you start becoming a Christian, once you become a Christian, you them again, and you turn around and walk away from that, it says here, not good enough for the kingdom of God. New Year's Day, 1929. Georgia Tech was playing UCLA in the Rose Bowl. In that game, a, na- a man by the name of Roy Riggles recovered a fumble from for California. Somehow, Roy got turned around and he ran the wrong direction. 65 yards. One of his teammates, Benny Lom, outdistanced him and tackled him just before he scored for the opposing team. When California attempted to pump, Tech blocked the uh, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech blocked the kick and scored a safety and that was the ultimate margin of victory. That strange play came in the first half. And everyone watching the game is asking the same questions. Well, Coach Nibs Price, do what, what will he do with Roy Riggles in the second half? <clears throat> the players went in the dressing room. Riggles put his blanket on his shoulders, sat in the corner, put his face, hands in his face, and cried like a baby. The coach usually has a great deal to say to a team during halftime, but on that day, Coach Price was quiet. Then the timekeeper came in and announced that there was going three minutes left until t- playtime. Price said simply, Men, the same team that played the first half will start the second half. Players got up, started out, but all but wriggles. He didn't budge. The coach called him again. Still, he didn't move. The coach said, Roy, did you hear me? The same team started the first half, we'll start the second half. But then wriggles looked up. Price saw his cheeks were wet with strong man's tears. Coach, wriggles says, I can't do it to save my life. I've ruined you. I've ruined the University of California. I've ruined myself. I couldn't face that crown in the stadium to save my life. Then Price said, Roy, get up and get, go on back. 
the game is only half over. Riggles went back out, and those Georgia Tech players will tell you they've never seen a man play football like Roy Riggles did the second half. No matter how bad we fumble, how hard we fall, no matter how long we falter, how horrible our failure is, we have a God that comes to us and says, get up. Go on back. The game's only half over. A Scottish preacher Alexander White described this, this way, perseverance. Talks of the Christians falling down, getting up, falling down, getting up, falling down, getting up, all the way to heaven. That's what it is. Perseverance. Two words. Don't quit. Number four. Proven character. Means literally triedness. We must be at the the genuine metal that rings true. This can only be in the case of character, as we have become true. We are not born with genuine or true. It comes with time, perseverance. I'm going to try this. Please bear with me. I'm sure you've all done this. price but it's not genuine where did that come from where did that genuineness come from well friend let me t- listen to me please it's what it is that's who that glass is that's who we are no pretense no show It's proven character. No bragging just who we are. It's who we are. How long does it take to be a genuine or or a proven character? It took Moses 80 years. It took Noah 120 years. How long has God been working on you and me? I like that little song. He's still working on me. Maybe it's time to stop rebelling and simply submit. 
Let's keep hearts that are humble and open to listening of God's voice. Lastly, there is hope. But bearing tribulation happily, and being patient, having proven character, the result is hope. Because the promises of God, the assurance that arises from being born, having born the maturing process. We have hope. While attending a college, a young man visited a psychiatric institution with a group of other students. The visit was to witness various types of mental illness. Their experience was very disturbing. One man that was named No Hope Carter. A victim of venereal disease, he had gone through the final stages when it affected his mind. Before this time, the doctors told him that there was no cure for his sickness and that he would just have to run its course. No hope Carter pleaded for just some little bit of hope, but there was none. As his brain was being affected and he became more and more despondent, he was last seen two weeks before his death in his barred room, walking back and forth with a blank look on his face, muttering over and over again, no hope. No hope. He said nothing more. Sad? Yeah. But sadder yet are those of us who refuse the call of God to become a Christian. And then we can have that hope. And then we can have Christianity. A total committed person that will have hope and does not disappoint. You know what I know today? <clears throat> the disappointment that we have is because of the things we desire. Oh, I've got to have that car. Oh, I've got to have that house. Oh, I've got to go this, go there and do this. And then sometimes it doesn't happen. And so most of the time for me, and it's discouraging. I don't have much hope. My friend, there is one thing we can have hope in, and that is Christ Jesus and does not disappoint. Friend, do you have the hope today that you want? If you were to die today, do you have the hope of heaven getting there? If you don't, Friend, I want to encourage you to make a decision right here, right now, this morning. I want to become a Christian. I want that hope of heaven. I want something to hang on to them through my life. And all the trials and all the struggles we have, I need hope. Friend, I want to encourage you. Make a decision today. Become a Christian. Dedicate yourself to God. See one of us if you need to have questions on that or have that desire, please. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word that encourages us. 
helps us see what needs to happen so we can have a hope that's eternal and will not disappoint. Thank you for those who are here again today. In Jesus' name.